You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Local and global mission. So we're taking uh, a little break, a little two-week. Well, now it's three-week because of Hurricane Lane. Uh, break from the book of Mark. We'll be finishing out the book of Mark and starting a new book uh, upcoming. I'm going to be announcing that next week. But we're excited for what God is doing. But we're specifically taking a two-week break to specifically look into mission. And we're doing this so that we, the local expression of the church, this new community that God has been building, almost a year old now, we can be equipped and reminded of what the church, big church, capital C, universal church, is supposed to be like. Like, God, what does your word say? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to function as the people of God? And uh, man, we talked about it last week. We're so thankful for what God has done so far in our gatherings, right? When we've gathered, whether it be Sundays or Ohana groups during the week or the summer with our beach barbecues or the different things that we've done as the church when we gathered, it's awesome. God's moving and he's meeting us and we're so thankful for that. But this fall and on, we want to endeavor to add emphasis to our scattering. So like outside the four walls of the church building, being the church in the world, how can we be Jesus to those around us near and far? And so we're looking at scripture and how it informs the way we ought to live. That's always best to do. How should we live? What's our purpose? What's our design? How should we function? Scripture is the plumb line for that. It's our foundation. It's what we, how we know what God has called us to do. And so we're looking at that, how to spend our time and our resources as a church, as followers of Christ. And uh, like I said before, we talked about local missions two weeks ago. If you have not listened to that, it's kind of a part one. So go ahead and uh, please go ahead and back and listen to that. It's not that you'll be lost on part two if you haven't, but it would be really helpful. Uh, Cast a little vision for us locally as well. What I did, though, two weeks ago was I said that today I was going to tag team teach with a missionary from Thailand. Well, the hurricane kind of wrecked those plans. Um, He had to cancel his trip. Now he's going back to Thailand, and we don't have him here today. Super bummed, but you're stuck with just me. Hopefully that's okay. Um, So what I'm going to do is just give us a teaching, but he is so sad that he wasn't here. He made a little video for us. And before we watch that, just a little video of saying how much he loves us. But um, before we get into that, just to give you a little bit of context, this guy's name is Ron Miller. He's 75 years old, been on the missions field for the last 30 or so years in northern Thailand. And he went over there just because he felt like God was calling to him, calling him. And it was the story, a real story of like $2 in the pocket type of thing. No money, no plans. And God just started bringing kids to his doorstep. People would just bring babies to his doorstep. And he just took them in. And over the last 30 years, they've cared for hundreds of kids. They started multiple orphanages. And not only do they care for them in all the tangible needs, but they're, they're really, it's discipleship. And all these kids are, um, man, loving Jesus, being used for the Lord. Uh, they also do evangelism into the hill tribes in Thailand and all these unreached people groups. And it's been this radical testimony of what God has done. And so, um, 
he's going to officially kind of be our like first missionary that we're adopting. We've kind of had him in the family forever anyway, the Reality family of churches for about 15 years. But Reality Honolulu, this is our first overseas missionary. We're adopting and we're adopting orphanages as well. And so uh, here is the man that God has used, Ron Miller, and I'll stop talking and let him talk. Hey, Reality Honolulu, blessings, man. Sure love you. So sorry that I couldn't get out last week, um, but I'm committed in my heart, you guys, through prayer to come out and visit you sometime next year, according to the will of God, and I believe it is His will. You know, Honolulu Reality, I've heard so many good things about you, about your love for one another and about your love for the community. And I'm just blessed when I, you know, to hear that. You know, um, I think of the words of Jesus in Matthew 22. The scribes, the lawyers, came to Jesus and they said, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And interesting enough, Jesus didn't use the normal commandments. Moses gave the, the Jews um, 613 commandments. Jewish tradition says that uh, David reduced them to 15. Isaiah further reduced them to like nine, and Micah gave them three to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our Lord. And what beautiful commandments those are. But you know, Jesus didn't use any of those. He gave two, but really when you think about it, it's inextricably woven into one. And that one was love. He said to love the Lord, love God with all your heart and your mind, soul, spirit. And then he said the second is like it unto it. Love your neighbor like yourself, you know? And for him, I'm hearing about you guys there at Honolulu Reality. You love God with all your heart. And you love the lost. You love your neighbors. You're getting the word out. And that just so blesses me. You know, um, we have a long history. Bonnie Emanuel and the realities and Riz as well. And it's just such an honor, guys, to, to be able to come alongside of you and work with you. You know, I speak of history, and we do. We have history. But more importantly, you guys, we have a future. I'm praying that we can come together, work together, love on each other and just share the gospel of Jesus Christ in all over Hawaii, um, Golden Triangle, the 1040 window. Guys, I want to let you know, I'm so excited to meet you, share your love, and I'm looking forward to next year. So praise God. Love you guys. God bless. There he is, the man, the myth. Um, I first went over there when I was in high school and been about 10 times since then, and God's really knit my heart to Southeast Asia through that. And uh, what's so neat, just to give one more testimony, is some of those first kids that he brought in almost 30 years ago, they're now leading the orphanage in their villages where they came from. It's just radical ministry that's going on, and we get to partner with that. And so really excited for that. Bummed again he's not here, but he wanted to send that video. And so excited in the future to get more connected, support, pray, and, and go and be a part of what that is. And so more to come, but uh, we'll get into what we're talking about today. You guys good with that? All right. There's Ron. Wish he was in person. He has stories for hours. So anyway, it would have been fun, but no problem. Um, so today, we're going to be reminded of what... Jesus tells us in Acts 1.8. This is the verse that we have been um, looking into. We looked last week, and this verse is what we're springboarding off these two weeks. And what it is, is Jesus gives some geography into where in which we're supposed to make disciples of all the nations, right? The greatest, the great commission that Jesus tells all followers is to go. Go make disciples to the ends of the earth. And then in Acts 1.8, he gives some geography to it. To be reminded of what that verse is, Jesus is speaking to his disciples right before he ascends to heaven, and he says this. I have it on PowerPoint, Acts 1.8. 
Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when we talked about last week that locally, our Jerusalem, our Judea and Samaria is, is, is where we live. It's town or it's greater Oahu if you live in Mililani or Eva or Kaneohe or Hawaii Kai or Aiea or the North Shore, which all of you guys are coming into this room from those places. And Hawaii in general is our Judea and our Samaria. We're called to love on, care for, show Jesus, evangelize our Jerusalem and our Judea right where we are. But we are also also called in the same calling, in the same way, to the ends of the earth. And to spoil it for a second, that's exactly what it means. Jesus is telling all believers and all followers to not only care, but to participate in the evangelization of the entire world. No pressure, no worries. But that is what, as followers of Christ, what we're called to and commissioned to and honored to be a part of is is going to the ends of the earth, to every people group and every land in every language with the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's why we go. Here's why we go. We go because there's billions of other people that don't know the truth of who Christ is. We go because there's billions of people that don't believe, don't know, and there's many that have not even heard the name of Jesus. We think that's something so foreign, like how could you not? But there are millions, if not billions of people that have not heard, have no access to the gospel. They do not have the truth that we treasure and that really is the foundation of our life. They don't have that. We go because we hold this truth. And God wants to save souls. We've experienced the love ourself that can redeem and save. And because we first have been loved by Christ, we love others. Because God came and got us, we go get others. John Piper said it this way in his famous quote in the book, Let the Nations Be Glad. He said, missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions exist because worship doesn't. See, God desires to restore us to our intended design. His design is to be with us in his presence. If you read the Genesis account, creation, God wanted to be with us, free of sin, free of pain, free of evil, free of all the things that entangle us and to just be in his presence and we're created by nature to worship him. And that quote that John Piper says, the motivation for missions is because there are many that aren't worshiping God. And so we go on mission to those that don't know Christ so that by Christ's power, people would become worshipers. A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite all-time authors and prophets, um, said this about why Christ came, and it connects to our mission as well. He said, why did Christ come? Why was he conceived? Why was he born? Why was he crucified? Why did he rise again? Why is he now at the right hand of the Father? The answer to all these questions is in order that he might make worshipers out of rebels, in order that he might restore us again to the place of worship we knew when we were first created. 
We were all at one time rebels, disobedient, enemies of God. But while we were yet sinners, what did Christ do? He died for us. And in the same way, we go because Christ came for us. See, God's heart and his purpose is that the whole world would come to know him, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves the whole world. He does, in 1 Timothy 2.4 would say he desires all to come to the knowledge of Christ. But here's what's crazy. Here's what's strange. Here's what maybe you and I may have pondered as a, as a weird God strategy. God's preferred method of distributing and relaying this life-saving truth to the world is through us. That's his plan, you and I. We're the messengers. We're the ones that he's choosing to do so. And I don't know if you're honest with yourself or not, but you might be like, God, are you sure about this? Are you sure you want to put the fate of humanity in our hands? Like we're the ones that are carrying the truth. And by all means, he says, yes. See, God chooses and wants to use us to be the ones to tell of his goodness and grace to every tongue, tribe, and nation. It's humbling. It's honoring. Sometimes like unbelievable that God would do that, but he does it. He doesn't work outside of us through, when we're with world mission. He works through us, not independent from us, but through us. The men and women of God going forth with the truth by the power of the Spirit. That's how God desires to see his truth distribute to the ends of the earth. Paul in 1 Corinthians writes this, this letter to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. And what's happening here is people are kind of debating who they're from or who they're for or who they serve. And this is what Paul says to them. Paul's saying, I, I planted, Apollos, this other guy, watered, but God was causing the growth in the community there, in the Christian community. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow worker. You are God's field, God's building. What that's saying here is that we absolutely have a role. We have responsibility. Like God uses us to plant seeds and to water those seeds, so to speak. That's the seeds of the gospel, of the truth of God's word. God uses us to plant seeds in people's heart, and he uses us to water them, continue to pray for people and share those truths. But the burden, whether they get saved or not, whether they become Christians, whether they give their life to the Lord or not, is not upon us. We need to hear that. It's that's not what I'm saying here. That's not what God's word's saying here. Just you on your own strength need to go save the whole world. No. The burden is not on us, but we do have a responsibility. It's not up to us to save, but it's us, it's, it is up to us to be faithful. It's up to us to be faithful, to be used as stewards of what God has given us. See, the thing about a steward is if you steward something, you don't own it. 
but you are responsible to take care of that thing. And everything that God has given us, our time, our talent, and our treasure, everything is a gift from God. And we're stewards of those things. We don't own anything. We get into trouble when you think, that's mine, mine, mine. It's not. It's God's, it's God's, it's God's. The moment that changes, the moment the world changes in Christians' hearts. We're to be stewards of what God's given us. We're to be faithful with the time, talent, and treasure that God has given us. And specifically, when it comes to going out, supporting, praying for, giving towards the gospel going forth to the ends of the world. We're to be good stewards of that. So here's the deal. We in this church, whether we get big or small, regardless of size, regardless of whatever God does with this local expression, Reality Honolulu, we have to be involved in the furthering of God's kingdom in the world. It's not like this thing where like, oh, we have enough this, or we have enough that, or we become this thing. So now we can start thinking about, we got to be a part of it regardless if we're two people or 2,000 people. We have to be wrapped up and involved in participating in the furthering of God's kingdom in the world. That said, just like the body of Christ is composed of many members with many gifts, right? We know that all of us are different and made differently and God has given us different giftings and there's all purpose. Like we're all part of one body and all of us matter and all of us are to contribute and participate in what God is doing. In that same way is the same way with global missions. All of us are called to be a part of it, but that doesn't mean that all of us will go. But it does mean that all of us are either sending, senders, or goers. There's no, there's no like non-that people. There's no third category. There's no like bench time. I'm on the bench. I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm doing nothing. What we believe in scripture when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to our participation in world mission, we see that there's goers and there's senders, and some of us will do both, and there'll be different times because God works in seasons, and he'll call us, and then he'll send us, and then he'll keep us back, and, but there's no third option. They're equally important. See, a lot of times we put this emphasis on the missionary on the missions field. The support system on the back end is equally as important as the person on the field. If you've ever been involved with missions or anything else like that, it is equally important. We have to have people that are here to support, and we have to have resources to send, and we have to have people to pray and encourage those on the field, and we have to have people willing to go also. Can't just all stay, can't just all go. But we need to be the body of Christ, and we all need to be into and for and participate in global missions. And at Reality Honolulu, we want to develop our DNA or our ethos or our culture that it isn't just like an afterthought, global missions, or it's not this like extra thing that we add on if we have time. We want this to be a part of who we are. In the same way that we care about our neighbor, we want to care about the world and what God is doing in the world. 
We don't just want it to be an afterthought. We want it to be a part of our DNA. And I want to say this one more time to be clear. Global or overseas missions is not just for some people to care about. It's for all of us. It's not what Jesus tells us to do. Jesus doesn't just say, well, some people should care about this. He speaks to all believers and all followers and all Christians. God's heart is for the whole world. And by nature, God is a missionary God. God, Jesus left heaven to earth to come to a people, a different people. And he got messy and it was sinful and it was messed up and there was so much drama and confusion and ultimately led to his martyrdom, to his death. Jesus died on the cross for ministering to people. He stepped out of heaven into a people group. By nature, God is a missionary God. He came to us to save us. And if God cares about that, and if he did that, then we should care also. And if God cares about the whole world, and we as disciples are supposed to emulate God's heart, then we should care also. Amen? Amen. So we're in. You guys are in. Let's do this. We feel specifically uh, as Reality Honolulu, specifically called to Asia and the South Pacific. That is the region in the world that we feel called. That doesn't mean that God won't ever call us to partner with or send or be a part of overseas missions in the rest of the world. But again, we're not the only church in the world, right? It's not only up to us. It's churches worldwide, global. But what we feel, what's been burdening our hearts for years now is the region in which we live in. The region that we live in right here. And what's so special and unique to this region is that the majority of those that live here are from the South Pacific or Asia, Polynesian or Asian cultures. That's the majority. That's not me. Right? There's a lot of us from the mainland. Uh, You're like, no dumb, man. Um, I love you, daddy. Uh, But what's so unique is that the people, the majority of the people that live here are from or or have been or they, they were from the countries that we feel called to. I have a map. Hey, I hope you, nope, maybe I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm a map guy. I'm a visual guy. I love maps. So our world, reality Honolulu, until Jesus says otherwise, this is our world. Yes, I know there's more in the world, but not for us right now. This is what we're going to concentrate on. This is what we feel called to. So what I mean by that is the South Pacific and Asia. It's, it's a big place. I don't know if you know this. There's a lot happening here. It's a big task. But we believe that for reality, Honolulu, this is where God is wanting to concentrate our efforts and our time and our resources. So New Zealand, sweeping up to India, sweeping up to Korea, all that, all that encompasses the South Pacific and Asia. We believe that God is specifically calling us to these places. And what's unique about Hawaii is that we have a lot of resources here, but we're strategically placed to these nations around us. You can just leave the map out for a little bit. 
Just leave it up. Obviously, you know that. That's where people come from. We go there, go back. I mean, this is, Hawaii is so strategically placed in the world, but I believe for God to use it for his glory and his kingdom going forth. I don't believe it's by coincidence. I believe that God wants to do something incredible in and from this small island chain, excuse me. This is not a small task. Uh, I am very passionate, though, to give my life to it. Absolutely. That's just how God's made me over the last 33 years. This part of the world is on my heart, and we got to go, guys. We got to go. Hawaii is home, and I believe that this is home base to go and send from. There's 36 countries encompassing about half the world's surface. It's home to over 50% of the world's population, 15 time zones, and 3,000 languages. That's what I'm talking about. That's where, that's where we feel called to. And the dream would be that Reality Honolulu would be a sending place for dozens, if not hundreds, of missionaries all over the South Pacific and Asia. And we'd use the resources of this church and what God is doing here to go and to send and support what God is doing globally. You guys excited about that? I am. I'll be honest. Let's go right now. Let's go. Who wants to go where? Okay. Okay. I'm in. Let's go. <clears throat> but I want to do, I, I do want to address something important. Change the gears slightly. Some of you, when hearing missions or just missionaries in general, may have a bad taste in your mouth, specifically because of what Christians have done before, especially here in Hawaii. There's a history to that. Some of you may know, some of you may not know. Some may be more sensitive to that or others, but I am very aware and sensitive to what has happened here. And it's complex. It's complicated. Much of what we're doing here at Reality Honolulu as a church or any outreach or missions going forward is to try and restore perception and bring healing rather than add pain. That's the goal. That's the heart, to be humble and sensitive and learn from what's happened, but to still keep going forward. Our heart is that we would contextualize to culture, but also contend for the gospel. And this is what we're about here and abroad. We're so about preserving the beautiful, unique cultures of the world and seeing God redeem humans in those cultures, but not necessarily redeem them from those cultures. It's very important that you heard my words correctly with that. We want to preserve the beautiful, unique cultures of the world and see God redeem the humans in those cultures, but not redeem them necessarily from their cultures. Amen? Anything we do here or abroad, we have to do in prayer. We have to be culturally sensitive, and we need to be long-term, and we shouldn't neglect what God's word says, but we should very much learn from history, from mistakes, but we should still keep going forward. Amen? Amen. In this endeavor, in this large endeavor, there will be opposition. Two sources. One will be the devil, right? The adversary, the enemy. He hates what I'm saying right now. 
His desire, his goal is that every tongue, tribe, and nation would be blinded to the truth. They would continue to be deceived, be continued to be lied to, and that he's trying to have the name of Jesus never be spread. That's his goal. It's absolutely in opposition to God. We will encounter opposition with God's kingdom going forth just because we have the devil involved. But also, the thing which may hold this going forward most is us as Christians, actually, lacking, dying to ourself. We maybe lack willingness to surrender and to participate. Yes, the devil's a real threat, but I would endeavor to say what keeps the church from being the church in the world is us. We get so wrapped up with our stuff and our dreams and our comfort and our family and our American way of life that we we dare to even pray, God, where would you want me to go? We won't even pray that. That has to change. That has to change. That is impeding the gospel going forth when we aren't willing to go. Like Isaiah, like Isaiah would say, here I am, Lord, send me. That needs to be our prayers. For application, I want to give us some, some points to take away from this, this grand task. Number one is, they're all going to be P's. I don't know if you like that or not, but number one is we need purpose. We need to know what we're doing. We have to be reminded of the truths that I've been telling you the last two weeks that we're called to go. We have to have that purpose in mind. I don't know if you're anything like me, I'm kind of a difficult human sometimes. This is what I mean. If, I, if you tell me to do something, I have to know why. I, I'm sorry. I just need to know the bigger picture. Why, why am I doing that? And you're like, no, just tell me what to do. I, I'm not good with like, just tell me what to do. If you're my friend and stuff, whatever, cool. I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I'll probably ask you, like, why are we doing this? Still, I need to know why I'm doing something and if that something is important. And if I know why I'm doing it and it's important, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Whatever you tell me, if I know where it's, where it's landing in the big picture and if it's important, I'll do it. I don't know if you're anything like me, but we need to keep this task on the forefront of our minds and our hearts because it's really easy to get caught up with the here and the now and the failure to remember the larger things God is doing. Life on this island can be really difficult. It's really expensive, it's really hard. Both, both spouses are working, kids in school is crazy. Life's crazy sometimes. We can so easily just get wrapped up with here and fail to remember what God is calling us to do and our commission and our task. And so we have to have the purpose of what this is and why we're doing it at the forefront. Number two, we need passion. It's one thing to know why you're supposed to do something, but it's another thing to, to want to do it, to be excited about it, to give up other things in order to do that. We need God to stir our heart, uh, stir in us a heart for this and stir in us a heart for certain people groups. I pray this for us, that God would burden us with people groups in different nations I pray that God would stir in us a passion for this. 
that we'd be willing to, to die to self, to give up, to go, to sacrifice for the mission. I cannot be the one person to tell you to do this. That is, I believe, my role as a pastor. Doesn't mean that I'm also not called to participate, but my main role is to equip the, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's my main role, I'm trying to do it, so that you would be equipped to go, to be the church in the world for God's glory. We all need to be into this, like with fervor and perseverance and determination and joy and excitement. We need to be passionate about the evangelization of the world. Again, it's a, it's a whole body thing. It's not one, it's not two people, it's not five people, it's not 50 people. It's all of us in one way or another caring about what God cares about. Number three, we need power. What I mean by that is we need God's strength. We need God's power to do this. If you're reminded of Acts 1, Jesus says, don't do anything until you get the Holy Spirit. But once you get the Holy Spirit, then go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Getting God's strength and God's power to do this is first and foremost. If there's anything that we can't do on our own strength, it's this. We cannot attempt, try, even think about going to these places with the gospel without the strength that God gives us. But praise be to God that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So it isn't our own strength. It's not our own wit. It's not our own experience. It's not out of persuasive words. Paul even said that. It's about the demonstration of the spirit. It's about God's spirit anointing us and calling us and leading us to go. And when God's in it, it's going to be good. When it's a work of the flesh, you know the story. It's not going to be good. And lastly... We need to pray. Prayer is the secret to all these previous points. To have purpose, to have passion, to have power. We have to pray and ask God that he would give us these things. It doesn't just come naturally. Like, oh, I heard this one sermon, and now I'm going to go to the ends of the earth, and, uh, ends of the earth excuse me, and lay my life down for the gospel because of that one thing. Maybe it's the start. Maybe it's a help. We need to pray. We need to be a people that pray for ourselves, pray that God would stir up in us this heart. He'd fill us with the Holy Spirit. We need to be a people that pray for other nations, pray for more workers, right? Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So beseech the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. Like, we can't neglect that. We can't just pick and choose what we want to in scripture. I didn't want to pray that. Well, we got to pray that too. We have to pray. And that means like we're the laborers. If you're a Christian, that's your laborer in God's kingdom. I mean, the harvest is plentiful. It is, but it's also ripe. There's stories in specifically uh, Middle Eastern countries where people will go, missionaries will go and there'll be a hostile environment and they'll finally get to share the gospel after incredible amounts of time and people will come to Jesus and they'll say, why are not more people coming to tell me about this? Why, did, why didn't you come sooner? I didn't know. Why didn't you come? 
Again, not all the world's like that, but there are many out there that just have not heard the name of Jesus and they need someone to tell them. Book of Romans, that's what it says. Like, how, how will they hear if we don't go? That's exactly where we're at today. So what I want to do, in all light of this, I want to pray for us that God would do these things in us. But I also, I want to give you the opportunity if, for some of you in here, God may have already been laying something on your heart. And I want to be aware of that. There's a people group or there's a certain place that God has already placed on your heart. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, I would, I'd love to pray for you. There's a prayer team in the back. We'd love to hear more. Um, or if you specifically have a heart for the region that we're saying, if you have a heart for other places, it's not like you have to leave the church right now. Like, God loves the whole world. Don't, don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, oh, I love Africa. It's like, I do too. So does God. But like, don't leave. I want, I want this to be a time, specifically these several songs we're going to sing right now as I close up, I want it to be a time where there's some, some ministry going on. Meaning like, if you need to go pray with someone next to you, like, hey, I feel like someone's burdened me. If you want prayer in the back, if you just want to come up on the carpets and be like, God, I am so freaked out that you might be calling me to the missions field. That's a, that's a real feeling. That's a real tangible thing that a lot of people are scared of. That's the kind of thing we need to like respond to today. Not just stuff it down. Don't stuff that down. That's the Holy Spirit in you trying to well up as, your son, as, as being sons and daughters of the king. Like He's trying to speak to you and lead you. And so I want this time to be a time where you respond to the Lord. Obviously, worship him for who he is and what he's done. But allow this time for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And if he is prompting you to pray with someone about these things next to you or in the back. Amen? Amen. God, we thank you that you love the whole world. That you make no distinction between someone's socioeconomic status or the color of their skin or the language they speak or the country they're from. You love every single human the same. God, we want that heart. We need that heart. We ask, Lord, that you'd continue to give us your heart for the world. But God, we ask, Lord, as individuals in this room and as a church body, we ask, Lord, that you would give us some real specific marching orders. Maybe like even just a place to pray for or a place to go. Or God, I pray specifically for those in this room that they know they're supposed to go. I pray that you would empower them by the Holy Spirit right now. I pray against that fear and that anxiety and that worry for the what ifs and the what abouts and the how that's going to work, you're God. You're able to provide our every need. So God, I pray for peace and security, and I pray for provision, and God, I pray for calling. I pray that you would confirm those deep things that you're welling up in our hearts right now. And Lord, we, when we talk about this map and look at these places and these people groups, God, we ask that every single thing that goes on in this church and goes forward would not be a work of the flesh, but be, would be by a work of your spirit. We don't want to get ahead of you or lag behind. And so, God, keep us in step with what you're doing in this church in the world. But, Lord, I pray you'd give us tremendous boldness and courage. And I pray that we would be 
radically generous and givers of our time, talent, and treasure to what you're doing in the whole world. God, do that. As a body of believers, we submit ourselves to you and say, God, here we are, send us. We ask, God, that you'd have your way, and as we worship you now, that you'd be exalted and magnified and glorified. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.